Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. So today we're going to talk about, and, and really kind of in line with what Pastor Fiagbaji was ministering on while he was here, uh, the law of priority. Luke chapter 14 and verse 25. It says, a large crowd was following Jesus. And he turned around and he said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you will not be my disciple. You cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only a, the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. And they would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would, you, would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone who with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we're going to talk about the law of priority today. I'm going to focus in primarily on verse 33. It says, and if he can't, he will send it, well, verse, uh, excuse me. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you want. The law of priority. The law of priority. Let's look at that same in the Message Bible. And I'm going to read, uh, read it, the whole passage again. It says, one day when large groups of people were walking along with him. Jesus turned and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self can't be my disciple. Anyone who wants shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. Is there anyone who will, who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if, if you can complete it. If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of the money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. Or can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding 
where it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other. And if he decides he can't, won't he send an, an emissary uh, to work and work out a truce? Simply put, this is the part, simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. Everybody say, <laughs> Now, here's what it's not saying. It's not saying that you can't go to heaven. It's not saying that at all. It's saying you can't be his disciple. Now, I'll give you an example of what that looks like. Put up Matthew chapter 6 real quick and scroll down until you get to seek first the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6, 33, I believe it is. So, that's pretty black and white. He says, he says, unless you're willing to give up everything, willing to give up everything. He didn't say you had to give up everything. He says you got to be willing to give up everything. So that means that as we're progressing in life, as we're moving along, everything that we have is subject to what God wants. Every place I live, everywhere I go, every relationship I have has to be up under his reign and his rule. And that's how we know whether or not we're truly following him or not is when the critical times come, whatever we have at our disposal, are we willing to let it go for the purposes of following after Christ? Are there some relationships that we're willing to sever because of Christ? There was a man in the Bible um, who had much. And he said, you know, God, I have kept your laws since my birth. I've been doing what you told me to do all my life. And, and in doing so, he's prospered. He was a good Jewish person, and he prospered in the things that he did. But Jesus said to him this. He said, he says, here's one thing I need you to do. I need you to go and I need you to sell everything you have and then follow after me. And the Bible says that he just put his head down. And basically said, that's too hard. I can't do that. And because of that, he was unable to be his disciple. Didn't say he wasn't a good person. He was a very good person. That's how he prospered. That's how he had money. Because he was a very good person. But the one thing that he didn't have is a love affair with the Father, with the Son. He didn't have everything that was subject, that he had was subject to Christ. In other words, in the end, the possessions had him, but he didn't have possessions. He wasn't in control of them. And many times that's where the rubber meets the road in all of our lives is in, in the area of priority. What will we prioritize? Do we prioritize the kingdom of God? Is this, as, uh, using Pastor Fiagbaji's words, is this really serious to you? Is, the, is our walk really serious? So serious that if God said, I, that, I need this 
so that we can go along, keep on going. In other words, this is a stumbling block. Can you give this up so that you can keep following after me? And whatever we value most is the very thing that we will follow. Surely. Always. Not sometimes. Always. Whatever we value most will be the thing that we follow. I'll give you an example of that right now. God says this. He says you cannot serve God and mammon, right? Is that true? You cannot serve God and mammon. So, I need, I need uh, you two right here. Actually, no, you, you guys are all right. Yeah, 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 you two come up. All right, I need one on my right and one on my left. I want you to hold this, and I want you to hold this. This watch right here was given to me. I do not know the cost of it. Someone gave this watch to me. Most of the watches I have were given to me. Can't remember the last time I bought a watch. And I'm thankful for everyone who's given me a watch. I love these watches. They're very nice. So there's that watch right there. And this is an iPad. This is the latest one. This is the hot rod right here. I mean, this bad boy, it says, <laughs> it says, put me in fifth gear. I don't even know first gear yet all the way. But this is a very, very high-tech, very expensive uh, iPad Pro with a little gizmo on it. This thing is tough. You can write. You can paint with it. You can do all kinds of wonderful things with it. So in this hand, we have a watch. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm certain it is valuable. I don't know what the value is. And this one, I know the value of it. And, and it's very expensive. It's the top one right now, except it doesn't have the big screen. But it's right here. So I need, I, need, um, I need one of my friends here. Which one is graduating? Gra come on up, graduate, since we're matching today anyway. All right, just stand right there, okay? Now, these guys are going to depart in one direction or another. You follow the one in which, now let me tell you in advance, this is an example. This is not for real, all right? This is, I'm just playing, all right? It's not the real deal. This is, this is me and you playing. You're helping me out, something, okay? So you see the two items. I'm sure you've already formed an opinion as to which one is most valuable to you. All right? When they start to move, you move with the one that you deem the one that you would prefer to have. All right? On the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, you guys move. Look at him. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Stop. Everybody stop. You cannot serve God. You cannot serve the iPad and the, you cannot serve the iPad and the, I said you cannot serve the iPad nor the, the one's going in this direction, the other is going in that direction. He can't do both unless he's stretch man. Are you stretch man? So you can't put both hands out at the same time, can you? You've got to give your allegiance to one or the other, right? Not both of them. 
If you're going to get one of them, you're going to have to go after the one that you value the most. That is the law of priority. Watch him. Watch him. Look at him. Why is he not going in that direction? Because he doesn't value that watch. Is that watch valuable? Yes. But it's not more valuable to him than that is. And there's a clear separation between the two. Look at the separation. One's going in this direction. The other's going in that direction. And the never two shall meet. The Bible says, love not the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. He says you cannot love God and mammon. You cannot do two things at one time. So he's only able to do one thing. That's the law of priority. I want to ask you this morning, where is your priorities? Where's your priorities? Is it possible to value the kingdom of God? Is it possible to love God with all of your heart and your mind and your soul and love the world at the same time? It's not possible. And the reason we become lukewarm is not that we don't value the watch. It's that it's not as important to us. And thus we become lukewarm. We become lukewarm because we are, we are going after that which in God's eyes is less valuable. Let me, we're good? Go ahead and touch it. You can't have it, but touch it. <laughs> there you go. Bring it to me. Th thank you. What's your name? Joseph. Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. You did a good job. <laughs> good job. Now, thank you. And, and as my watch too. <laughs> I want you to see something real quick as we're on the, the subject of the law of priorities because this really gets us it really really does and, and we want to know why certain things did you put up Matthew 6 yet? yes it says seek seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Another version of it, King James Version says, or New King James, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added. If you knew that you could get the iPad and then the watch would come along, would you do it? See, there's nothing wrong with the watch. Matter of fact, there's nothing wrong with what the world has or what's in the world from the standpoint of the material things in the world. Because who made them? God made everything. The material that is in this watch came from God. God made everything. God made everything, and he said it is what? Good. So it's not a problem with things. It's a problem when things have us. That's the problem. So let's not go hating on rich people, right? People who have stuff and say, we don't know what their, their desires but we do know based upon what we follow after, what, what we lean on, what, what has first place in our lives, what's important to us. And he says, listen, the law of priority says that. He says, if we, do, if we put him first, guess what? Everything else is going to be added. That's a law. That's a law. 
There are things that have come into my life, not because I sought them, but I was seeking God, and they came. Listen, listen to the, uh, uh, the earlier part of that. He says, he says um, let's go back to, what is it, Luke? Where did we go to the very, where I started? Luke chapter 14. Go back there again. Luke 14. And, and, and look again at the early part of that. Where it says, verse, verse 25 and 26, it says, A large crowd was following Jesus, and he turned around and he said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Or prefer, in a very, very serious way, you must, you must prefer me over your mother and your father your wife and your children, your brothers and your sisters, yes, even your own life. I love my wife. I love her dearly. She means much to me. But she doesn't mean as much to me as the kingdom of God. Oh, I love her. She's my bestest friend. And we're real close. But when it comes to the word of God, she's a long second. There's some distance. Now, that, does, that doesn't change my affection for her at all. It means that we're going to do it God's word first. We're going to put him first. I'm going to put him first. If I begin to side with her, God is going to ask me, he say, well, who's more important to you? The iPad or the watch? You can't serve Kim and God. Sometimes I feel like I do. But I can serve her in Christ. Does that make sense? I need to put him first. We need to put God first in our lives. The reason we get cold, the reason we kind of lose heart, the reason we stop being on fire, the reason we got to speak to these dry bones is because we lose our way sometimes and other things begin to be more important to us. Look at James. Verse 4, James 4 verse 4 says, You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Now, here's what would really get me since we're on the subject of husband and wife. This would get me something serious. I'm telling you, this, this would mess me up. I just told you I love my wife, right? I told you she's my bestest friend, right? What if her friend, her best friend, was some other dude? What if she was more affectionate toward him than she was to me? 
Man, that, that, that messed my head up. I'd be messed up. I'd just be messed up to even think that there's somebody out there that she's more loyal to than me, other than God. Well, God has a godly jealousy towards anything that is more important to us than him. Trinkets. Things that have no lasting value whatsoever. The value of the word of God. It's like pulling teeth sometimes to get people here on a Wednesday. And I'm like, what in the world is out there? And I, I realize sometimes I'm, I'm meddling right now, okay? So allow me to meddle just a tad bit, okay? But I'm wondering, I'm really wondering, because when I got saved and born again, you know what? I wanted to go to, we had Tuesday Bible study. I wanted to go to Tuesday Bible study all the time. And then early service and everything. I don't understand when there's an opportunity for a regular, consistent amount of word given for people to just not be concerned about it. Hmm? Say what? I'm preaching. Thank you. Preach it. Preach it. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I really don't. Help me. Somebody come after me after church and tell me, Pastor, this is why there's something out there more valuable. Now I understand people work. I understand people have things that come up in their lives. I do. I understand that. And I'm saying this for your good purposes because the Bible says if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, these other things are going to be added to you. They're going to be added to you. Well, Pastor, is it just about going to church? No, it's not just about going to church. But where else will you get equipped? Where else will you hear the word of God, which will cause you faith to be built up and built up and built up and on and on and on and on? Where else? If there's someone else out there that's going to feed you, go to them. Go, but just get fed somewhere. Find a place to feed somewhere. And this is not for the purposes of condemnation because the Bible tells us there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you cannot serve God and still keep up with your own stuff. Keep doing your own thing. Keep going wherever you want to go without giving any, any desire to do or to become or to hear the word of God. There's something very wrong with that. We, you, we need to check ourselves in that area. If, if indeed... The excuse is, I just don't want to go. There have been times I just didn't want to go. I mean, really, there are times when I just didn't want to go. But when I got there, I was so glad I did. Well, pastor, isn't, uh, you know, I don't always, I heard somebody say it this way. You know, um, people say, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel it. I don't always get it, you know. I, I don't. When I'm reading, I don't read every day anymore because it just don't, it don't, I'm not getting it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you eat oatmeal? Did you get it? In other words, every time you ate oatmeal or, or let's say um, Brussels sprouts or, or broccoli or cauliflower or whatever it is, did you, feel, did you just feel there like, man, I got it. Huh? Did you, I got it. Hallelujah. 
I got it. No, you just ate it. And it did something to you even though you didn't know what it was doing. This is the bread of life. When I read the Word of God, when I prioritize, when I get up in the morning and I read the Word of God, you, I, don't, I don't feel something every single time I read the Word of God. I don't come out of it with a great revelation every time I read the Word of God. I don't jump and scream and hollow and shout every time I read the Word of God. But I read the Word of God just about. There's sometimes that I, I don't get to it. But just about every day, just about every day, I read the Word of God and, and nothing happens seemingly. Just like when I eat my oatmeal. Just like when I eat something. I don't get, I don't, but I go back every day and I get a little more of it. I get a little more of it. Every single day. How many of you basically, basically have a pretty mundane eating habit? In other words, you eat pretty much the same kinds of food all the time. Right here? Because we, just, we eat it primarily for nutrition, right? Then every now and then you throw some chocolate chip cookies in there, right? Brownies? Not anymore. Every now and then, but, but not often. But, it, but, but it's primarily for, you messed up my example. Prim, primarily, for, primarily for getting through the day, right? Man, I started eating um, salt-free uh, cashew nuts. They're starting to taste pretty good now. But, but I used to like salt, man. How many of you like salt? Mr. Connolly, you like salt? Used to? Yeah, me too. I mean, still do. I just shouldn't, right? But I eat the cashews because somebody told me there's a good protein. And now I'm starting to like it just a little bit. But I know hallelujah about it. <laughs> now, matter of fact, I said, at, at, at Food Line, I'm sure you guys uh, know Walmart, I, I'm certain you wanted to know that they sell raw cashews. You can't find them anywhere else, but, but it, it, raw cashews. And for the health sake, for health sake, I eat raw cashews. Why? Because someone told me it was nutritious. So I grab me a few handfuls, and I eat them on a regular basis. Now, I've been splurging a little bit lately because I've been hitting some uh, hallelujahs, some hallelujah. They call it hallelujah sweets. But why? Why do we do it? Because something tells us it's good for us. Something tells us it's good for us. And we eat it without thinking because Food is a priority in our lives, is it not? You got to eat. You can go for a little while without eating, but you can't go for a long, long time without eating. You've got to eat something. Let's look at, what does it say? You adulterer. How many of you would, would do it? I mean, how many of you want to be an adulterer to God? You adulterer. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So let's, let's move on. Everybody got the law of priority, okay? Everybody got it? So we're going to work on that, aren't we? We're going to put it first, put the word of God first. Let's start, let's give you a little practical thing. Do this every morning. Just wake up in the morning before you look at the news, before you do anything else. Just read the scripture. And let it lead on to more scripture and so on and so forth. 
Get someone that you like to listen to on the, and listen to that first thing. L learn to put things off. You know, how many of you listen, don't answer this, but you listen, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that it's probably not the best thing for you. Secular radio. Don't raise your hand. What if you, what if you said, and say, I'm, I'm going to put on another kind of Christian radio first or listen to uh, someone teach first thing in the morning? What that might do for you? How many scriptures would you get in if you read one scripture a day for a full year? How many scriptures would that be? It's not hard. How many? 365 scriptures. 365 scriptures in one year. Instead of reading one scripture a week or chapter a week, why don't you read a scripture a day and be consistent at it? All right, the law of, that was the law of what? Priority. Here's one more law for you. The law of thanksgiving. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Those of you that are with us, uh, where, where this came from was uh, me dialoguing with God for probably two or three or four months just in the book of Luke reading it over and over and over again. And Jesus taking me up by the side and said, I want to teach you a few laws. The law of thanksgiving. Luke chapter 17. And we're going to start with verse 11. <clears throat> As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Let me, let me go back just a minute. Do you need to be inspired to eat? How many of you just eat out of inspiration? Anyone, when I feel the hunger in me, I will eat. How many of you eat by inspiration? How many of you eat by necessity? Yeah, that's the right answer. How many of you eat by inspiration? In other words, I only eat when I'm inspired. How many of you eat by necessity? Like I get up and I just routinely eat every morning, whatever that thing is. So it's not by inspiration that I'm asking you to be faithful to God. I'm asking you to do so by way of commitment, by way of responsibility, by way of necessity. I'm faithful to my wife not because I feel always inspired to be. I'm faithful to her out of obligation, out of duty, out of necessity, out of love, which that encompasses all of that. Love encompasses responsibility, duty. And, 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 and every now and then, a major inspiration comes on. 
But she can't live off of the times that I'm inspired. She must live off of the times that I'm working out of responsibility and duty and faithfulness and necessity. It's need for me to tell her that I love her. Do I always feel inspired to tell her I love her? Hmm. So I want you to get out of inspiration. Don't, don't feel inspired to go to church. Don't feel inspired to read your Bible. Don't feel inspired to pray. Don't feel inspired to come on Wednesday nights and go to Bible study. Don't be, feel inspired to go to um, um, uh, healing school. Don't be inspired to do things that will enrich your spirit. Just do it. All right. I wanted to get that in there. We'll close with this one this morning. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Who were cleansed of their leprosy? I'm asking the question. How many were cleansed of their leprosy? Ten men. Did they receive their healing? Yeah, ten men received their healing. Ten men were healed of leprosy. It doesn't say that, that, that just one of them, but listen to what goes on here. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Ten were cleansed of their leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked him, didn't I I heal ten men? Yes. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The law of thanksgiving. Ten men were healed, but only one of them came back and gave thanks. What am I telling you this morning? The law of Thanksgiving says forever and always be mindful of what he has done for you and give him thanks continuously. Look back and say, what has God done for me? Go back. What has God done for you? Don't soon forget. Don't soon forget what God has done for us. Don't soon forget that he has healed you, he has set you free, that he has given you all things. When you look at your cupboard, there's food there. When you look at your house, you've got a place to go. Let go back and give him thanks. And be, be, be a very, uh, um, uh, um, what is the word? Um, give me a word. Appreciative. Thank you. Yeah, just... The, the law of thanksgiving is to always go back to the source of your giving, who, who, gave you, who gave it to you. The very moment we get out of thanksgiving, the very moment we stop being grateful, we're on a slippery slide. We need to remember from which our blessings come. What do we have that we did not receive? I told my son the other day, <laughs> is he here? I don't see him. I told him the other day, he came out, he said, he was complaining. He said, ah, nah, 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 nah. And, and so I, I said to him, I was like, no, 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 here, yeah. 
he, he was complaining about driving his car that he just got that he didn't have before. I mean, he didn't have a car, got a car, started complaining about the car that he got that he didn't have to pay for, that he's not put no gas in, didn't have to pay the insurance on, that gets him from point A to point B. Nice car, as far as I'm concerned, it's a nice car. It gets him there. You know what I started out with? I started out with a Chevy 2 Nova, 63 Chevy 2 Nova with holes in the bottom of the car. And I was just grateful I was grateful for the car. I was grateful with the, with the steering on the column. On a rainy day, water would splash up at the bottom and come up and hit you. I had to get a job to pay for the insurance and put gas in the car. And my daddy, he thought the thing was, a, not car, he thought the car was an antique. He said, son, I wouldn't give that car away if I were you. He said, I can't. He said, won't you just go get it fixed? So I'm listening to my dad, right? I'm listening to my dad. I go and I patch up the holes on the bottom. I patch up the holes on the top. I patch up everything. And, and it's still a 63 Chevy 2 Nova. <laughs> but I was grateful. I went, to, I went to work in Asheville, from Black Mountain to Asheville in this car. Nights. Sometimes it was snow. And he's got a, a, a nice, it's an older car, but it's just a good car. It's a big old engine in it, and, and, and it runs. It just don't have no air conditioning. Well, my Chevy 2 Nova didn't have no air conditioning. Well, I take it back, it did. It have it in the bottom. I had to bottom up. <laughs> I had that kind of air that came up from the bottom. So I, I sent him a text. I said, listen here. I said, I said, in all things, in all circumstances, give thanks. You were, went from carless to a car. You've got means to travel now. You can get around now. How dare you be ungrateful? I mean, how many of you would have loved to have a car growing up? Now, now it's a little faded on top. Sides look real good, though. But what I was teaching him, and hopefully you're teaching him, is to look back and give thanks. Look at what you have. Look at all the things that you've given. The boy, the boy has never worked a job. Yet he's got a bunch of shoes, lots of clothes. I wonder where he thinks they're coming from. But he's learning. Say amen, he's learning. Amen. And so God is telling us the same thing. Listen to you. Well, don't you complain? What, look at you. What, what do you, what you. Look at what you have and go back and give thanks for it. We have a terrible habit of being ungrateful to people even. And one person will do something bad to us and we forget all of the good that they have done in our lives. Man, there's something terrible about being ungrateful. 
So the law of gratefulness. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. And listen here. Turn off people who are not grateful. Turn off people who, who are not uh, constantly saying, you know what, you know, wh- why, would you, why would we crucify someone for one wrong thing done when they've done many good things in our lives? Why don't we judge them by, by the good things they've done as opposed to the one bad thing they've done and be grateful? And be grateful. And be grateful. You know, the other day, and I, we'll close with this. The other day, I, I started out, um, you know, my, my neighbor, uh, he inspires me. You inspire me. Because he's out there working, man. He's chopping his trees down, and he's doing all kinds of stuff. And so I was like, I ain't going to outdo me. I'm going to start chopping some trees down, too. <laughs> And so, no, but really, really, you inspired me, but my wife got on my case. She drove me. And so I'm sitting out there, and, and yes, it's Friday, was, Friday was a really hot day, was it not? And so I was doing some work in the yard, and I started on one part, and I wasn't planning on doing all of it, but I started doing, and I went all the way around the house and did all the bushes and, you know, anyway. So, but, but here, here's, here's, what, here's what the Spirit of God, I believe, shared, shared to me. Be thankful that you could do it. Be thankful that you had the breath, the strength, the, the soundness of mind to be able to do work. Don't complain about the work you do. Go back and thank God that you have the ability to do the work. In all things, give thanks. That's a law. What if we would all start being more thankful? If we'd all begin to, 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 to cease and desist complaining and murmuring and forever looking at the bad in something and begin to look at the good in something. Whoa, if we would just begin to every day look for opportunities to to thank other people. Thank you. Thank you. Just the smallest things, but they mean a lot if we just give thanks. And if we turn that around, many times the very people that are closest to us are the people who lack the, no, the lack hearing it the most. Is how thankful we are, and let's begin to just share with them, being thankful, giving thanks. I'm thankful to my wife. I'm thankful for my daughter. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for you all. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And if we do enough thinking, then when we need to correct, it won't be so hard. Amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com.
Com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church, 